Argue, argue, talk, 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 exaggerate, pontificate, just shut up. Why won't you listen? Why won't you see? I know the story, just listen to me. You're better off when you're spouting off. And now, here's your host, Karen Cataline. I'm so happy to be here behind the microphone. It's October 16th, 2018, and this is a very special show. Actually, all of the shows have been special. This one is number 50, 50th show for Spouting Off, and I have loved doing every single one of them. I'm your host, Karen Cataline. If you'd like to chime in, uh, feel free to give us a call at 888-627-6008, or you can call direct 323-744-4831. So our 50th show, and I have a special surprise. We have a guest in our second half hour, which I'll be telling you about a little bit later. Um, if you were listening last week, you'll know who it is because she was a caller last week. Now this week, she's a guest. Um, but meanwhile, it being our 50th show, almost every show that I've done, not quite everyone, I've always thanked Doug, my producer, and BBS Radio. And I've decided in honor of our 50th show, I need to bring on Doug, my producer. And one of the brains behind BBS Radio, who is uh, uh, standing by. Welcome to Spouting Off. Tell everybody, let's hear your voice, Doug. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Karen, for inviting me. Oh, it's such a pleasure, and you have such a wonderful radio voice, too, Doug. Oh, too kind. I'm blushing. <laughs> this is radio, so you have to explain don't you? I do. Well, for those people who may not know, Doug has a twin brother, Don, and the two of them together put together one of the greatest uh, producers of radio, of internet, live talk radio, on the net, BBS radio. So Doug and Don, I am honored and it is a pleasure to be associated with you and BBS radio. How's it been at least? Uh, now, tell everybody, how long was it? When was the first BBS radio show before I got here? How long have you been doing this? 15 years. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. 15 years. And in that time, Doug and Don have gotten it down to a science. And heard it all. I, pardon me? And heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it all. That's right. <laughs> Not only do you learn, well, but you hear it, it all. Is, sorry, we're talking at the same time because we both want to say something. You go ahead, Doug. You're my guest. Go ahead. Oh, no. I'm just saying when you're doing radio, not only do you have to learn all the parts and pieces, you get to hear shows constantly, like 12, 14 hours a day. Uh, <laughs> I get to hear 120 hours of radio a week, literally. And uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, we have the best hosts in the world. You're one of them. You're fantastic. Look at you. You're sprouting <laughs> wings. You're going everywhere. You're, uh, you're uh, 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 a dynamo in this. You're one of the best speakers we have on the network. That's a fact. Oh, I th it, 
I don't know, listeners, is he blowing smoke up my skirt? Well, I love it. I'll give you an hour to stop. But uh, I only have an hour, so I can't do it. But thank you. That is very, very sweet of you. I love doing it. And this has been my playground, my training ground, my... I just love it. And I love producing it. And I love that you are, well, I produce it, but you are the engineer. And without BBS Radio, we could not do this. Now, I'm going to uh, invite you to make a political comment or two. You said something to me off the air, which I thought was great because I didn't know about this. What'd you tell me about Baron Trump today? Yes, this is something everybody should be aware of. I think uh, Rosie O'Donnell, we were discussing who was the one who lambasted Baron Trump by thinking he had uh, uh, Down syndrome or something or like that. Or, or autism, something. right. Well, the kid's extremely intelligent. In fact, he just reached grandmaster chess status. Wow. And what's interesting about that, a lot of people don't know, is Trump was a, uh, a high-level chess player uh, until he was about 40 years old. Then he, of course, just did other things. But he's the one who's been teaching his son. So there isn't ignorance that runs in that family. I would hazard <laughs> to say extreme intelligence runs in that family. And nobody really remarks on these things, which is... You know, uh, sad, I think, that they hold, uh, the left holds uh, Trump in such low esteem. But it's interesting to note that there's so many people out there now that uh, that were spewing such garbage, yet they say nowadays, oh, we're on the fence, or we really don't know yet, we can't categorize them. Or they're even swinging, yeah, you know, you got to give them accolades. So some of the tide's starting to shift but I really think he needs a lot more credit than the world's been giving him, sadly. Doug, who do you know who's actually giving accolades on the left uh, to Donald Trump? Is there anybody that I've missed? Because I've seen nothing but vitriol. I've seen nothing but hatred and contradictory accusations and all sure, the rest. Sure. If they did say it uh, the next day, their tweets deleted. So, I, you know, one couldn't pinpoint it. But I do read it from time to time. I just don't remember these people's names. You know, I, yeah. I remember things like uh, uh, Pocahontas and stuff like that. But... <laughs> well, and that is something that I had planned to talk about. But before I do that, I was going to mention, I mean, you, you made me think of one of the points in my little show prep mess here. And that is that the Trump critics which are both on the left and the right, cannot, cannot absolutely not afford to acknowledge Trump's success in any way. Right. Um, and so that's one of the reasons their hair is on fire, because not only were they ready, have they done everything that they could, throwing linguine on the wall, as mm. I like to say, and that they are enormous contradictions, mm. but he's doing so many amazing things. In less than two years, he's actually a better, if it's, and, and it is possible, president than Ronald Reagan. Right. Uh, maybe He's better. I not only believe he is a better president, 
he's a sort of man that is capable of taking an organization and making it successful. I don't know, you know, Ronald Reagan, the actor, had that ability in his background. So in my opinion, he's better. In fact, the reports today state there's more job openings than there are people looking for jobs. That's right. That's incredible. That is right. Um, and, and going back to what you said about chess, um, I think it has worked in Donald Trump's favor that people underestimated him so much, mm. but the reality of who he is, and I feel like I at least had a handle on him. I don't understand everything, but I, I've been watching him with a, I think a much less, uh, biased point of view. Now I just, I just uh, love him and I, and I am, uh, appreciative mm. so much of of his astonishing ability to put the left's hair on fire but mm. he has been playing chess that's mm. what i was gonna say right. he is playing chess right. and for those people that i've talked to even on the conservative side they have believed up until recently, now they're finally coming around, to realize that Trump's wins are not some sort of fluke. Mm. They're not some sort of accident that he's just lucky. Right. He doesn't win this much by being lucky. Right. You just don't. I think there's like two, somebody counted them all up. I think I saw this headline. It's like, yep. I don't know, it's an astronaut. It's like 263 wins or something. It's really Actually, high. Actually, you are right on the money. Uh, I, I copied that article. And at the time when I looked for it, and I, I keep track of these things, it was 267. Ah, it's up there. 267 wins, some greater than others, none of which the liberal leftist media has acknowledged in any way. Right. If anything, they would be desperate to talk down the economy as much as they can because they would rather see Trump lose than the country win. Well, if you could imagine a scenario where he has one person on his side versus everything against him, the media mm. against him, the billionaires, 97% against him. I mean, mm. it seems like every faction with power or money is literally against him. Now imagine... You know, just somebody being in his corner. If you didn't have the world, it wouldn't be a fair fight. <laughs> it wouldn't be a fair Can you fight. imagine? I mean, it, it is sad to recognize that the media has as much power as it does. Sure. I couldn't tell you the number of times that I've had supposed uh, unaffiliated voters and uh, people who are left of center who parrot the lies that the liberal uh, legacy media mm. spout, mm. to coin a phrase. Right. Uh, and they have been uh, uh, debunked again and again and again, but they don't care. Right. They don't care. Uh, if if CNN says it, they believe it. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. like they put their brains on hold so they can spew out somebody else's mm. words and work. Uh, it's like they don't have a head of their own. Uh, it's just or the head that they're following, I, I don't know what it is. It's just crazy. But, yeah, they're all spewing the same stuff. There's no platform whatsoever. And, you know, I truly believe even people, they think they, think they can fool the world, but I even think your average Joe with an IQ of, let's say, 100 or 80 or 90 sees through a lot of this. Maybe if you're an immigrant, you just come in the country and you don't know anything, you don't see a lot. But, well, that's why they want them all to vote. Right. But 
uh, 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 from your mouth to God's ears, Doug, from your mouth to God's ears that people are seeing. It's never been more blatant. It's never been more obvious. It was never more obvious about the Kavanaugh hearings. As long as I've got you on the air here, what's been the thing that has uh, made you the craziest in the last, oh, I don't know, two to three weeks? doesn't have to be Kavanaugh, but but what's something that made you look at it and go, oh, my God, what kind of a country are we living in? Oh, boy. Uh, aside <laughs> from everything, uh, probably just the thing that's the most prevalent today or most in the news today, which you're going to discuss. That's made me upset because I see a political party bigwig literally using a lie to benefit herself and doing just the opposite of what the Democratic Party was supposed to be about, which was really, you know, not using race or gender or any of these things as a way to say, oh, you're better than the next person. So Yes. That- and so what you're talking about, and this has just happened yesterday, forgive me, is Elizabeth Warren did the unadvised, poorly advised thing. <laughs> to release a DNA test that showed that she may be one one thousandth Indian. Right. So that basically proves that she has indeed been lying, mm-hmm. um, because it, it, if it goes back at all, it's ten to twelve something like that generations. But furthermore, let me throw this out to you, Doug, which is that the left has gotten away with being exactly the racist they've spent decades calling us. Right. Everything is about race to these Mm -hmm. people. Nothing is about merit. Nothing is about Mm -hmm. whatever happened to being colorblind. That's all out the window now. And now it's all about race. So that is the reason, really, that we we catch Democrats constantly lying about their origins, from Obama to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to uh, Rachel Dolezal, Mm. who wanted to be black so badly she lied about it, to Ward (laughs) Churchill, another faux Indian. Right. Well, when you see... This system's so backwards. When you see... uh, institutions, government, city councils, promoting craziness like, okay, everybody in the school, we're going to run a race, and uh, this guy says he's a female, so he's going to run the race too, and blow away all the female participants. Yet they say, oh, that's a fair race because he identifies as a female. Well, that's you start turning people inside out and upside down. And I think our system, the, the, the Democrats are really at fault for this. Because oh, yeah. they're changing because the they're not connected to reality. Right. You know, they, so so explain this to me, Doug. I'm using you as a kind of a sounding board here. Explain to me how the left can come up with um, um, God, they, they, they change the terminologies forever. The meaning of you words. You can identify mm-hmm. any way you want. You can be anything you want. But simultaneously, it's cultural misappropriation. Right. Right. Absolutely. So how how do both uh, uh, work together? It's whatever they think at the time they think it. In a, isn't it? In a dummy environment where nobody really uh, uh, holds anybody accountable, yeah. they can get away with it. 
Yeah. See, we need- well, and the only people that seem to care about their hypocrisy are conservatives, because as I've said often, liberals don't seem to care how, how much they contradict themselves. Right. right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Connected with this, and I, I just love talking to you, because listeners, this isn't going to happen all that often, although you never know. You may be the biggest <laughs> hit that I've had. You know, and we may have to have you on quarterly. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> and you, you don't seem shy, Doug. No. And you got a wonderful radio voice. Oh. So I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, related to the Elizabeth Warren case, and they've happened really within just days of each other, is, is this brouhaha, it's worse than a brouhaha, about Kanye West. Mm. Yeah. Now, it's interesting to me. Liberals are wonderful at speaking in collectivist uh, groupthink, mm-hmm. and they they get these memos and even local news. I can't tell you, the local news when the Kanye West story came out that he went to visit Donald Trump and they had this big powwow <laughs> to coin an Indian <laughs> phrase. Um, what was the first thing that they did? Number one, they they d- maligned and demeaned Kanye mm-hmm. West. And what was the first thing they said? They said that it was a profanity-laced uh, 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 diatribe. Right. Now, my question, and they've also and he's called got mental him mentally pr- ill, right. Right. which they also called Donald Trump mm-hmm. mentally ill. So they call pretty much anybody they disagree with right. mentally ill. They don't know the first thing about mental illness. Mm. My question is, if you were racist simply for disagreeing with Barack Obama, how is it that they can get away with calling uh, a rapper profanity-laced? They would never have said that about a leftist mm, rapper, mm-mm. and they can get away with calling him mentally ill. Right, right, and they can do it uh, through uh, most of the media, and uh, there's no real pushback because no media is going to point out the opposite point of view, the hypocrisy, the idiocy of that. And, you know, mm-hmm. I almost believe that this in my heart of hearts I wish things would change because I really believe we need to get back to a a normalcy in this world but parts of me cheer this ignorance cheer uh, because I realize that they're only doing themselves a disservice in the long run you know eventually it's going to catch up to them you can't believe that push actions aren't going to create a push back it happens mm. like a pendulum you know you yeah. swing it one way it's going to swing back the other way uh that's called blowback and i see a future where there's going to be a lot more blowback and i don't really know what the democratic party is going to do about that well doug we might be a little early in this but you have uh, given me the perfect segue and that is, I'm going to announce who our guest is, and then we, we have a few more minutes that you and I can chat. But one of the blowbacks, one of the comeuppances to this hysteria that the left has been uh, uh, putting upon us, I mean, uh, the hysteria of the Kavanaugh hearings and the way they behaved and the violence that we're seeing in places like Portland, not very, very far from you, is appalling and disturbing and one of the one of the uh, uh, consequences is this me uh, excuse me not the Me Too movement the Walk Away movement the Walk Away movement started by uh, gay New York hairdresser 
Brandon Straka, who is not telling people how they should think. He's not even telling them that they should be Republican. He's simply suggesting that they walk away from the sort of hypocrisy that the left put forth uh, in which they said, we love everybody and we're tolerant. And now they're the least tolerant and the most hateful of anyone. And we're going to have uh, our guest, who was a caller last week, and um, I'm looking at your note to me. So the caller last week is Tanya, and Tanya uh, is a, a person who walked away from the Democrat Party. Isn't that interesting? She walked away. Uh, yes, it's correct. Calling now. Okay, so we're going to have her a little bit after the break, but I wanted, Doug, for you to uh, say just a, a word or two more about our 50th show and what you think uh, we might be able to look forward to in the next 50, 50 shows, because you're not going to get rid of me. <laughs> I'm going to be here. Oh, so, uh, Yes, indeed. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. The next hundred shows, thousand oh, shows. Great. What great. can we look forward to? Well, BBS Radio is expanding in all directions. You know, we live stream to 64 of the largest uh, portals and websites in the Internet radio broadcasting industry. Um, those are just ones we know of. And we are also uh, becoming a channel on iHeart. We uh, did, you know, you require insurance and a lot of things like that. So that's, oh, that's coming into wonderful. the picture. Oh, we're excited about that one. Mm -hmm. As well... Um, you know, I've been working about a year and a half in the background to gain the ability to bring in p dollars from government agencies, whether it's cultural agencies or education departments or even political parties. We'd love to be able to uh, bring in advertising dollars for our hosts. And that is something that we are being approved of, hopefully within the next few weeks. Uh, everything's been done. It's on its way. It looks really good. And that could be a real game changer for us. So we're excited. Everything about BBS yeah. Radio is exciting. I've <laughs> never been in this kind of a position before where we see stars in our eyes to this degree. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's well, that is great. And uh, if anybody listening is interested in talking to me about being a BBS radio host, I can give you the inside scoop on that. Or you can call Doug direct. But either way, uh, I'm proud to be in the stable of hosts. And uh, when I started, I wasn't sure whether this would fly. And I mean, I knew this is something that I love doing that I feel like I was born to do, but I wasn't sure uh, that I'd be sitting here after 50 shows. So uh, thank you to Doug and to BBS Radio. Our top and, to you, Karen. And it's a pleasure to, to have you on and to have you as my uh, trusted announcer and counsel on all kinds of things backstage uh, of Internet radio, which is uh, a burgeoning field, as people know. When we do this show, we just never know where it's going to land and and it'll probably outlive us all. <laughs> it's quite possible. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, so thanks again to Doug and BBS. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from Tanya 
uh, caller from last, last week. Her name is Tanya Alexis Notkoff, and she has the most wonderful story, and we're going to hear from her about how she walked away from the Democrat Party and what it was that made her walk away. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Karen Cataline. Stay tuned. You're listening to Spouting Off. Hi, I'm Eric, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is President of Hillsdale College, Dr. Larry Arn, on natural rights versus entitlements. America was founded on the idea that human beings are born with natural rights, such as the rights to life, liberty, and property. A person who holds this view of rights makes no demands on others except that they respect those rights. Today, however, many Americans talk about rights to a college education, state-of-the-art medical care, and even birth control pills. These are rights understood as entitlements, and a person who holds this view of rights, far from making no demands on other people, is making claims on other people's money and resources. This understanding of rights not only sets citizens against each other, but it undermines the whole idea of natural rights. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To receive a free pocket constitution and declaration, go to constitutionminute.com. Do you have a secret that's been bothering you? Have you been wondering if what you're thinking or feeling is normal? Is there someone with whom you've needed to clear the air, but you haven't been able to find the right words? Sometimes you need an objective, second opinion to help you see your problem more clearly. Ask Aunt Emma, and she'll help you move past what's getting in your way. She's a former therapist who is wise and caring, but instead of therapy, she'll give you terrific advice. It's free to ask Aunt Emma and explain your need, problem, or question. If you both agree, you pay only $1.39 a minute. It's anonymous, it's confidential, and you'll be surprised at how effective it is. You can Ask Aunt Emma by going to facebook.com forward slash Ask Aunt Emma. There, you'll find her phone number and extension number. That's facebook.com forward slash Ask Aunt Emma. Ask Aunt Emma today. Are you among the millions of Americans who feel uncertain when it comes to their health care? We are happy to inform you that there is a solution, and that solution is Liberty HealthShare. It's a community of like-minded people who work together to pay for their medical costs. You choose your doctor and hospital, starting at $107 a month for a single, up to $449 a month for a family. That's mom, dad, and all kids. For more info, visit libertyhealthshare.org. That's libertyhealthshare.org. Welcome back to Spouting Off. This is Karen Cataline, and I am delighted to be joined by a caller from last week who is now a guest this week. Tanya Alexis Notkoff is an artist, an ordained minister. She's also a writer, a fashion designer, and teacher editor of two young adult educational books. And I've learned a little bit more over the over this week about Tanya. Welcome to Spouting Off, Tanya Alexis Notkoff. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so excited to be your guest and 
especially on your 50th anniversary show. So congratulations (laughs) on that as well. Well, thank Thank you, you. Tanya. Um, uh, Listeners may remember that you called last week and I invited you to be my guest because we were talking about, uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about, that you said you were a walk away. Uh, And your lovely picture adorns the promos of our show this week. If people want to see your lovely photograph in your walkaway T-shirt and your walk and your MAGA hat, which takes courage these days to to wear, given the angry left that is constantly threatening, uh, you were kind enough to accept to be my guest this week. So what made you call last week in particular, other than I think I invited you on Facebook (laughs) to call? But I think there was a subject that really got you last week, right? Oh, yes. I, I think it was the Kavanaugh issue yes, that, that that's what it was. have not gone away and that's mm-hmm. been everywhere. And maybe a little bit quieter right now because they're on to the next thing. But <laughs> but uh, yes, I just I I, I guess I, I hit my max point um, this time when we were dealing with this and they were holding somebody up to make an example of the abuse that's done on the right that just isn't even there. So it's this idea of, of making, uh, putting something in the limelight and saying, look at this attempted rape. And then you hear the story and there's neither rape nor what is, sounds like an attempted rape at all. And yet this person is being held as the uh, example of, of how horrible everything is. And she becomes a cause for protest. And then the more you... You're talking about Dr. Christina uh, Blasey Ford, who I think we cannot forget. Uh, And I don't think we can forget the story. And luckily, the left isn't going to let us. And that's really all right. Uh, You know, I'm also fascinated by women's reaction to that story. And you had, uh, you don't have to tell us too much about your personal experience, but there were a lot of things that touched you about this story, right? Tell us about that. Yes. Well, I, I am a survivor of rape. Um, actually I've had a, a couple bad experiences in my life, um, sexual assault and even attempted rape. I, I experienced oh. that. And there's, you start to listen to the stories and, make decisions based on your own experience and what other people are telling you. And when they come at you and say, well, you did not have that experience. You don't know what you're talking about. And and for me, because I actually, I walked away two years ago for 2016 and voted for president Trump. Now I'm so excited. He's the first, it's the first time I ever voted for a Republican candidate at all. And that was my eighth election. And oh no. Oh no. <laughs> It's amazing. Okay, we're going to get amazing. to the walkaway story. I want to let's just finish up with Kavanaugh and then we're going to get right into it because I want you to really enlighten those of us who didn't have a walkaway story. I mean, I've never been a liberal, really, and what it was. So, so first, um, what was it about either Christina Blasey Ford or uh, the whole thing that made you say something's not right here. I'm assuming that's what you said, right? Well, ab- absolutely, yes. And it's, it was the timing. It was the patterns that keep coming back from the left 
they, they seem to reuse the same pattern of attack. When the first thing mm-hmm. doesn't work, they then present something else. And in the 11th hour, here we have this, this amazing man with his history, this family of a, a lot of support from females. He looks up to his mother. He loves his wife. He loves his daughters. And he has employed so many female uh, you know, aides. And, and it just, it, it's amazing to see that in the 11th hour, they suddenly threw this one out. And it all was too familiar again. And it becomes a circus because it's a, it's a method of distracting from what's really going on. And then to find out all the connections and nothing made sense, but mostly looking at this person telling her story, Dr. Ford, and she's actually saying she was derailed by what apparently, what she's alleging occurred and uh, all this time, decades prior. And that is what bothered me. Wait, wait, slow down a sec. She was derailed, meaning that she had such a, a trauma from something that happened to her when she was 15? Is that what you mean by derailed? Exactly. Okay. That it, okay. it changed her life. It affected her life and not in a good way. But here she is quite successful. She is a, a professor, a research professor at a esteemed university. And she has a family and she's done very well. And I, I'm looking at this, these women who are standing there saying, I've been a victim, I've been a victim, and they have done so unbelievably well for themselves. I'm wondering where the derailing actually occurred, because as somebody who experienced that myself, which was what happened to me um, when I was about to start graduate school, and I was trying to get my life together, and this terrible thing happened when I was drugged and raped by a man I previously had a date with and did not want anything to do with. I, and it was, Mm. it was terrible because you don't realize it when it happens to you even, and if you're not understanding it, how it affects your life, but you see the evidence in your life. And that's what I looked for. And I, with Dr. Ford, I don't see any evidence. And then the women start protesting and they say they believe Anita and they believe Christine and I'm listening and I don't hear them saying they believe Juanita. And uh, they Juanita didn't Broderick, care much about Juanita. Let me back up for no. a second because I heard you say that what really bothered what what you seem to be able to do is look at the the suspicion. You viewed the whole thing with suspicion and a kind of a political payoff for all of this. So, um, you know, as a social worker, I try really hard not to judge people's personal experience if they're going to flat out lie about facts, not about their feelings, but simply about facts, which I think uh, Dr. Ford was caught in two doozies of a lie, two huge lies. Um, But what she experienced, that, you know, in my opinion, some people hide it very well and not everybody uh, reacts the same way to trauma. The problem in this particular case is that she was caught in a lie about her fear of flying and she kind of just tittered and giggled and uh, nobody for, uh, questioned her further about it. Uh, meanwhile, the left who believes that we have to uh, believe women no matter what they say didn't seem to want to pay attention to the giant political incentive there was to bringing this woman out at the very last hour 
after the hearings had concluded. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's everything becomes suspect at that point because it's bad enough. Her story is just a, a slice of Swiss cheese. It's so full of holes. And it's not the fear of flying. It was even the, the two doors, the different entrances to the her The two home. front doors. That was the one that, that, that just blew me away. For our listeners, let me just say very, very quickly that uh, Dr. Ford pointed to the two front doors as one of the main reasons that the story even came out to her husband in 2012. And she cited that as the reason that they were drawn into couples therapy, come to find out after her testimony that the two front doors had been there. She said that they they were fighting about it as part of their remodel of their house. People looked into it and found that the two front doors had been there since 2008 and before and had been used as a therapist's entrance. So that is a blatant lie. I guess maybe we should start calling her Christine Blatant Ford because it was a giant <laughs> lie. And because she took the uh, cloak of victimhood, nobody could question her about that. Everybody felt obligated that we had to cleave to this woman no matter how how much of a lie she was telling. Traumatized vi- victims don't suddenly lie about basic facts that they give you. They don't. They may or may not remember, uh, but they don't lie about facts. Uh, Traumatized survivors can lie like anybody else. And in this case, I have my questions about all of it. Nonetheless, uh, your final thought about that, and then we're going to get to your walk away story. Well, it just, it it actually will relate back to the the walk away because it was the hypocrisy that suddenly is in your, in, in the limelight that's back for me personally, it was back in my face. And that's why I think I, I finally started speaking up in the last few weeks and decided not to back down because of being told by and, and blocked by many, many women that I should not pursue what happened to me because of what happened to me. The man is now an elected official and he is a liberal and he's even backed by Planned Parenthood. Mm. So you start wow. to find out that Dr. Ford actually was writing about um, an, uh, an abortion drug, RU486, all these things. It, it just All I could think was, wow, they, they really just want to put somebody out there who really doesn't have any of the trauma that they're trying to hold up, but this is what they do, because there, oh. there is no real trauma there. But meanwhile, there is actually a problem. We, we do have real incidents going on, but they don't look at that. They look at the fake incident, and that's pretty much what it came down to. Yeah. And, and, you know, reasonable people can disagree. Some people believed her, some people didn't, but it is interesting. The selective outrage that we see, uh, Bill Clinton gets a pass. Juanita has never been given a hearing and yet it happened roughly at about the same time. So you can hold someone accountable who's not even of age, who's 17 years old, but you can't hold a president of the United States accountable. Wow. Um, I am dying to find out if it, let's just dive right in here. Okay. What was, if you had to point to the one big thing that made you say, you know what? I don't think I'm a Democrat anymore, or I need to walk away from this. What would you point to? 
I would point to the way that the the media and Hollywood and academia attacked President Trump. Well, then candidate Donald J. Trump. That uh-huh. he went from being somebody, from, and it, it includes everything from from suddenly all these sexual assault accusations coming out of nowhere. While this man has been in the limelight for as long as I can remember, and I I, I grew up hearing about Donald Trump, and and I. I couldn't believe that suddenly this this man was, and of course I I believed it at first, um, very much like Brandon Straka. I I believed that he was mocking a disabled reporter until I watched it for myself. And these ah, were the things that happened. Was okay. it was every single attack on him? It just nothing was right, and it was the pattern that emerged. It was the the uh, the Democrat pack. I can't remember which PAC put out the ads that had the Access Hollywood tape. Again, something in the 11th hour. If there was true concern there, that would have been presented years ago. There was no con- no actual concern that, that he was admitting to doing anything because he wasn't. And yet the media, they, they promoted it. They put it out there. And I started feeling like I was going through an assault again by the way that they were treating it. And that's, that was it. And the more wow. I looked at everything they threw at Donald J. Trump as a successful of a businessman, an entrepreneur, a, a media mogul. It just, he just, it made no sense. And I looked and everything was a lie. It didn't matter. He, he was not doing anything they accused him of. And even the claims of sexual assault, it, they sounded like Dr. Ford. There was, there was nothing of substance. You, I started looking for myself and that was it. And the more I talked out, because I think I mentioned this before, but when we spoke previously, that I'm a, I did my undergraduate work at Smith College, which is an all-women's college back east, and and I had not been part of the alumni, not been involved for a very long time since I graduated, and I did get back involved with the alumni here in Colorado. They're very active, and I got pulled back into Facebook pages. So I was on several Facebook pages, and the more I spoke up about the, becoming a supporter of Donald J. Trump and voting for him, and this is after I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary. The Amazing! More I realized <laughs> you voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary. Okay, I did. I did. I <laughs> that that I, requires a little bit of emphasis there. Okay. Yes, I was so sure that he was the answer because I had been exposed to all these lies for my entire life, growing up in a liberal household, the way that they infiltrated education so that we are misled. And I had started realizing I needed to read and, and learn American history. I never Okay, let, let, let's before. stop there because I want to follow up on something you said. It's so important, uh, Tanya, because if we could bottle this, I've said this for years, if we could bottle whatever it was that made you start questioning things, we would have the greatest political impact uh, ever. And, and so I love talking to people. That's why I think the walkaway movement is tremendous. And, uh, and see, my dog thinks so too. Uh, (laughs) If you can hear that in the background, very rare does he decide that he uh, he's going to chime in, but he does. It does my heart so good to uh, to hear you say that the 180 degree turn on Donald Trump, who was in the public eye for 30 plus years, the left loved him. 
Yeah. Uh, Jesse Jackson loved him. The blacks loved him. Gays loved him. He was a big wig and he was one of them. They tried to get his support for politics. They never ever would have thrown this kind, even the, the remotest vitriol. But the minute he decided to run as a Republican for president, he was a sexual abuser. He was a racist, a bigot. He's Hitler. And it just does my heart good to see that you didn't buy that at all. No. And they actually, the left just keeps reinforcing it is what they keep doing. Every time I'm attacked for simply posting a tweet, an innocuous tweet on my feed, and I get attacked and call things as a Jewish woman, being told Hitler would be proud. I got that hashtag once, which was so offensive. And that's that's what I'm talking about, that they just keep they keep reaffirming that I made the right choice to walk away because they they don't stop the attacks. And And a lot of people that I've talked to, and uh, in fact, I interviewed, I had the pleasure of interviewing Brandon Straka and Candace Owens, who also walked away, although she's doing her own thing now and a really great thing she's doing. She said that what, what caused her to really walk away was after she dared to question the treatment that she received from the people that used to be her friends or that used to be Uh, tout themselves as so tolerant, suddenly the moment she dared to disagree or question, they demonized her. And she realized this is what they do to everybody. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's and that's just it. And they to to call her a racist or her original. um, Yeah. How do you like that? Candace Owens, racist. Love it. And and Brandon Straka, anti-gay. Right. Exactly. And, and, and I, as to be anti and anti-Semitic when that's completely what I'm yeah. not. I, that was part of my walk away, too, was knowing that everything they threw, they wanted to blame on, on somebody who wasn't even part of the administration yet. And now, of course, they're still doing it. But then to see how bad it, it had become under the uh, Barack Obama as our president, and even before that. I noticed anti-Semitism on the rise when I was still in Southern California, and it surprised me. I've never experienced things like that before or heard people talk the way they did in front of me because they didn't realize. Um, well, I the left a lot is, is uh, seething with anti-Israel, anti-Jewish hatred, but that's okay, you know, because if you can characterize a teeny little postage stamp of a country like Israel as the aggressor, as the perpetrator. See, that's that's part of the left handbook. They don't really have any ideas left. So the, the handbook has to be, we turn our uh, opponents into perpetrators, and we, no matter what, at any cost, we turn ourselves into victims. And if they can't find racism and bigotry, they create it and they expand the definition of it. So this really is their whole politics now. They are bereft of ideas. They don't have any solutions because after all, they've rejected actual solutions as we're seeing great success. That's one of the greatest things of all is that they can't afford, this is what I said to our great producer, Doug, 
they can't afford to acknowledge any of Trump's successes. They would rather see the country go downhill than to accept and to acknowledge that these ideas actually work. Um, I say that very, very long-windedly to ask you, with such a brief uh, experience and walk away, how did you go from questioning to then leaving and then underpinning your experience with actual ideology? Because that's a long road, Tanya. I mean, I'm impressed. Have you underpinned it? And what did you read? What did you study? What did you learn that made you say, wait a minute, I think freedom and free markets is a better way? Or have you have you gotten there yet? No, I, I have been trying to educate myself on that. I actually... I was Doreen Borelli's um, Blacklash was very informative, uh, reading Michelle Malkin. And I think I had mentioned to you previously that one of the things I found was just how wonderful the information is coming from the, the right, that I'm, I don't feel like I'm being misled. I can actually have discussions with other women and share ideas and not simply be called names. But the first and book disagree. There, you can actually disagree. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Go figure. Well, that used to be America, you know. Go ahead, sorry. And that's just <laughs> it. And, and I guess the first book I ended up reading, and I'm going to say how she pronounces it, was Adios America by Ann Coulter. And I was so blown away because having been in a very liberal graduate program, I remember that's when I know she received a pie in the face and I knew her name back then. And it's Mm -hmm. terrible the way they attack conservatives, especially conservative women. And what she said in her book, it started make it it answered questions I had had, which was, why am I not succeeding no matter how hard I work? Why am I always just getting taken out? Why, why is it? Why am I not being able to make a living to support myself? And including why, why was social life medicine so appealing to me at that time? Because I didn't have benefits. I was working as a temp and admin support jobs, things like that. And this was with all of my education experience and, and, and lots of other different experiences. And her book really made a lot of sense. And it just, the, the illegal immigration incidents and, and and just you start looking at it and widening the scope. I was always very opposed to borders. The concept of borders bothered me. But at the same time, I'm not going to leave my house unlocked so somebody can come in and hurt me, hurt my yes. hurt, and Boundaries and borders are things the left hates and despises. And it's what enables people to be safe, to be clear. There's psychological boundaries. There's physical boundaries. And when you think of a boundary as a bad thing, then everything is a big mishmash of nothing, isn't it? Exactly. And that's, we've lost, we've been losing who we are. And that was it, I guess, Karen. I just couldn't stand to think that we could lose something so amazing that this country is. And and that's one of the things I, being able to, to study a little bit about Benjamin Franklin when I edited that one book for young adults, I learned so much then, but I hadn't applied it yet. But I started really appreciating what our country is about. And How wonderful is that? Oh, it's amazing. That's... I'm a patriot for the first time since the bicentennial when I was a little girl and lost my love for this country because of all the terrible things. And now I understand. That you were taught, would you say, that the left taught, taught you about how terrible America was? 
absolutely. Even during the bicentennial, we were we. I've always heard how racist a country we are, which is really uh-huh. sad because we are so amazing. Granted, we haven't always been great, but and that's part of the lie. That's where the Dinesh D'Souza's the big lie came in, and I started learning about how the yeah, you Democrat have come Party a long way, Tanya. So much I mean, you are on power. fire. I mean, you're aware of Dinesh D'Souza and Michelle Malkin and Ann Coulter. And you're right. There is there are an enormous number of ideological resources that people can have, but they just have to take that first step. I'm of the opinion that liberalism resembles in a, to an enormous degree a cult, uh, not yeah. occult, but a cult. I have studied certain cults like Scientology and others, and it it astounds me the similarities in cults where they have to demonize people who don't agree. They have to isolate themselves from anybody who dare question. Uh, There's just so many. I had like 20 similarities between cults and liberalism. Uh, and, And in order for someone to get out of the cult, They have to have, they have to ask that very first first question, and that takes courage. So not only do I applaud you enormously for doing that, uh, in our time left, I want to ask you, sitting where you sit, Tanya, having made this transition and still just learning a ton, um, is there something that you would advise conservative activists and conservative ideologues about what we need to do to get people to ask that first question? Wow, that's actually tough. I I think in some ways what you're doing, (laughs) it is because people don't want to hear. And that's, that's the sad thing. I think basically telling the truth, people sharing their experiences, being honest, and maybe... I'm not sure how we make the leap because if if the problem from the left is always to deny the experiences of people actually having their real life experiences, which lead them to this, which is what I ran into. People just literally denying my own life. They they don't know me, but they're denying what happened to me. So Mm. maybe just persisting in simply not letting the real facts be dropped because the real facts prove the lies from the left. What, it's amazing how the, the President Trump has accomplished so much, and of course, with all of this resistance, and yet he's been delivering, and that doesn't get reported, of course. And they everything don't is report misreported. It. They can't afford to report it. Um, no, but thank no. God for the internet because the word is getting out, um, and uh, Trump's tweets get out, and his rallies get out, and you can see how much resistance there is. Uh, for just basic, you're right, facts to come out. I mean, they called his tax cuts crumbs. Well, have even Republicans given us any tax cuts until Trump? No. Um, I I want to, again, we only have a couple minutes left, and uh, I want to hear your your final thoughts on this and then tell people a little bit about your website and the work that you do, if you could, in our, in our, we just have like a couple of minutes left. I want to give you the last word. Sure. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I, uh, 
I guess I, I personally, I find myself on a mission, and that's part of what my website's become, too. I've come from the background of being a self-taught art, artist, and I use mostly repurposed materials. So I'm all about revamping things and saving things. And I guess maybe that's why I kind of link back around. Um, and, and what you'll find on my website is pretty much that. I haven't been very active lately. I've been dealing with poor health. But I guess I look at um, the need to revamp things, to, to revamp um, how we teach, how we educate, and to even have different platforms for expression where uh, people from who don't have a popular opinion still get to express their opinions because, or even have opinions from the right, and suddenly we find that there's um, people are being removed or blocked on certain platforms. Uh, and I learned last night, Diamond and Silk have just launched the new one that's in the beta process, chitchatme.com, and because I, I had the opportunity to see their films last night, Democrats. And oh, I, I think great. That's, and that's what's so important is, is everybody putting it out there. Just think. I always hear truth to power. Well, that's from the left a lot, but I think that applies to the right. Because there is truth and there's power in telling the truth. And eventually you can't conceal the lies anymore. But I just I wish people would be willing to have debate discussions instead of simply throwing names. Well, we we just just have to keep plugging away. And uh, and I think your voice is so critically important uh, and you can help us to understand what people on the left who are really caught up in this kind of a cult, I'm talking about the violence, the rioting, the calling everything and anyone racist without any intellectual discernment. Um, you can help and guide us uh, in things that we can do to get people asking questions because we're not uh, generally, I don't want to speak for everyone, but uh, conservatives are not uh, 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 threatened by disagreement and by questions and by even debate and argument. That's why we're better at talk radio. (laughs) How can people get a hold of you? If they want to connect with you, Tanya, what's your website? How can people reach you? Uh, Well, that's probably through the website. The best way Um, it's revamp.com. So it's R E V E dash A M P T.com. And say that um, again real slowly so people will get it because I want people to reach you if they want to get a hold of you. It's www. R E V E dash A M P T dot com. So it's the title of is Revamp, kind of dream revamped. Revamped. Okay. Dream damp. And that is about all the time that we have left. Tanya, I. Thank you so much, not only for uh, coming on, spouting off and telling your story, but having the courage to ask that very first question, do I really agree with this and what's going on here? If we can get more people to do that, then we have a chance, uh, you know, and we have a great leader and intelligent fighter to give us a master class on how to do that. So thank you again, Tanya, for um, being my guest. That's all the time that we have. If you'd like to reach me, you can do so at www.karencataline.com. That's spelled Karen the normal way, K-A-T-A. 
L-I-N-E. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, that's all the social media that I care to do. <laughs> Thanks again to Doug, my producer, who you got to meet live online today for our 50th show. And thank you, H.W., the multi-talented guy with the IQ greater than that of a small soap dish. And tune in next week when there's going to be a whole lot more to spout off about here on Spouting Off. <laughs>